you are a player and we know it. Seniors that hang out with freshmen, we know what kind of people you are. They're trouble. You nasty. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. We are sincerely so lucky to have you. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. My name is Chris and I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy Mac. Hola, muchachos. The gore lover Alexis. Hey everyone. The cowardly creeper Ryan. Hiya. And the Scream Queen Paris. Hey, sweets. We've got a good one for you this week, folks, featuring another Scream Queen, an 80s slasher starring Jamie Lee Curtis herself pitted against a movie from 2008 featuring the same title. But first, we do have some follow-up. Yes, we do. So this week, I just want to take a moment to give a shout out to two of our new patrons, Gabriel and Tristan. Hello. If you guys aren't familiar with our Patreon, you can get a lot of really cool perks for as little as $1 a month. Right now, Gabriel and Tristan have access to episodes 99, 100, and 101, as well as bonus episodes, hacker slash merch, and our recording schedule. So Gabriel and Tristan, we really appreciate everything you do for our humble little podcast. They may also get access to pictures of all of us from other times in our life that are relevant to the movies that we're reviewing tonight prom pics we should get an updated prom pic of all of us doing the prom pose how epic would that be (laughs) oh it's gonna be a good time gabriel has actually reached out to us quite a bit and really given us some really great conversations so thank you so much for that and to our newest patron tristan i haven't had a lot of interaction with him but i'm sure he's wonderful because the only other tristan i've ever met in my life was a great guy and he was actually my prom date (laughs) (laughs) So what a perfect time to be talking about these movies. Now, folks, summer is nearly here. And while the class of 2020 may have had a very different end to their high school tenure, we thought it would be fun to explore some horror that unfolds overnight that's supposed to be a milestone for most teenagers. This week, we're talking about both versions of Prom Night. Now, the original from 1980 came early in Jamie Lee Curtis's career, and the remake is actually a title-only remake. So this 2008 story takes a very different turn from its predecessor. But who had seen either of these movies before? Nope. I feel like uh, the, psych- uh, the the 2000s version um, seems a little bit more familiar, but maybe just because of the era it's in. What year did you go to prom? The same year this movie came out. Hell yeah, me too. <laughs> yes, I love it. Same. I also went to prom in 2008, and for some reason, I saw this movie in theaters. I don't remember a single thing about it, though. So going into it, I was surprised yet again by a lot of different things in that movie. Uh, But no, I'd never seen the 1980 version before either. So for me, I remember the promo image for the 2008 version where she's like holding the like crown and like screaming and i had to look it up because i was like man i feel like this feels so familiar like didn't we just watch prom night or something so i looked it up and saw that and i was like oh and i have to be honest with you i am glad we're not playing bingo anymore because i genuinely don't know if i've already seen the 2008 version and even (laughs) when i was watching it you would think i would be like yeah i've seen this but um i'm pretty sure that i did see it i just don't remember and then you know classic ryan of course i didn't see the original (laughs) y'all know me by now I have not seen either of these films, and up until recording, or I guess watching for recording, I honestly hadn't heard of them either. I'm so surprised. I thought I hadn't heard of them until I saw like the first five minutes of the 2008, and I was like, oh wait, I've seen this movie. 
Oh, interesting. I definitely saw the original several times as a kid. So this is one of those that's like on the list of classic Rojas family slashers that we all like get together and bond over. I know it's, just, it's silly. I enjoyed it when I was younger, but in all fairness, like the most recently I've seen it before this episode is probably like 2003, 2004. So it's definitely been a minute. I remember seeing the 2008 version in theaters like Paris, like Alexis. I also went to prom in 2008. So what an appropriate time to see it. I remember being like particularly excited to see it because I I was a senior that year and I expected it to be a true remake. And while I was surprised at how totally different it was from the 1980 version, I do have like this like faint memory of really enjoying it, but mostly because of its beginning. But what did you guys expect when you actually sat down and watched these? I mean, let's be real. I expected to hate the one from the 80s. Yeah. And I expected to hate the one from 2008. <laughs> Really simple. Yeah. I mean, it's our era, girl. No, man. Later. Yeah. It's a little little too late. The 2000s is where things get questionable, especially, especially when there's like a big group of teenagers involved. You know how I feel about teenage movies. They're just not my (laughs) thing. Like a little coming of age situation doesn't do it for me. So I was like, oh, this is going to (laughs) suck. Yeah. I also assumed that the original was going to be just an old, dusty piece of shit. And from what I remembered, which was very little of the uh, the remake. I remembered that one hot guy from uh, What I Like About You and Final Destination being in it, uh, and then turned out he's not. So I didn't remember a damn thing. Everything I expected was wrong, and I'm an idiot for that. But there were some guys who were aesthetically pleasing, kind of, in this movie. Well, we can get into that a little bit later. <laughs> Idris Elba? I mean, yeah, he is a genuinely good-looking person. Daddy. That's yes. a daddy. Yeah, the the killer was cute. Uh, he looked like Ed Westwick and Charlie Manson had a baby. An F.P. Jones. But uh, next to Idris Elba, there's not much you can really do to stand out. I'm sorry. What is F.P. Jones? It's a Riverdale reference. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think that the killer in 2008 was handsome. Mm. I, was, I was actually, I enjoyed that part of it as well. He was basically the original Joe Goldberg for fans of you. Yeah. Yeah. Putting on that ball cap thinking you can hide. True. He did have a big bald spot though (laughs) i was just like ryan i um figured i probably wouldn't like the um 80s version i figured it would have been something like ryan was saying like "Ah, it was a little too old the 80s version i figured i really enjoy the um remake um and i thought they would have some sort of you know ties like we were watching the town that dreaded sundown and all um so i was thinking there would be some sort of ties to the original but I don't know. I really wasn't expecting much other than a slaughter on prom night. You guys are so interesting. I was expecting that I would prefer the 1980 version. Those like 2005 to 2010 horror remakes, not a huge fan. I mean, most films in that era, I was not a huge fan, but I was expecting to to prefer the 1980. I, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis, like I assumed I was going to like the 1980 simply because of the star power. Yeah, I don't have this... Uh intense affection for jamie lee curtis the way everyone else does in the world and i know that like maybe the whole entire horror podcast community will like kick me out of the community for this or something i don't know but like jamie lee curtis doesn't like drive me crazy so really that didn't do it for me yeah but those cheekbones though i guess yeah (laughs) that i I liked her abs i like her stomach (laughs) she does have a good stomach the thing about Jamie Lee Curtis is, though, she came out in 1978 as Hall- in Halloween as Laurie Strode. But then in 1980, she did this movie, Terror Train and The Fog. So she had three horror movies all in that year. And then in 1981, 
she was in Halloween too. Mm. She did have a few breadcrumbs. Like there, she did a cameo in Escape from New York, and she did a cameo in Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. But that is why she is the scream queen she is. Like she came out strong with Halloween, and she kept hidden and strong in the roles that she was in. That sounds like a busy few years for her. I love Jamie Lee Curtis as an actress. I'm just not like, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in that. I'm really going to love it. It doesn't always work for me. No, that's fair. I just want to make sure like we establish like there's a reason why she's called the Scream Queen. So like it's probably because like this bunch, like it's a very tightly paced span in her career where horror was all she did. And it was like right at the beginning to define her. Yeah, it sounds like Jamie Lee Curtis was the moment. In those few years. I mean, she is the final girl, right? I mean, at least in my mind. And this was such a transformative time in in horror, specifically in slashers as well, that like, how could you not think of her when you think of that subgenre? Not like that other girl. Was she in graduation day that you called her a scream queen? (laughs) Well, to be fair, uh, she was listed as one and she's been in like a trillion horror movies. So the B list has scream queens, too. I mean, could you call somebody like a scream princess? Like they're not quite there? I think we called her a duchess in that episode. A duchess. (laughs) That's right. A scream duchess. Because who knows duchesses? Nobody. (laughs) I've grown accustomed over the years to like the slow pacing of some of the early uh, slashers have. Now, we don't really get a ton of action picking up in the first movie until about an hour into it. But I felt entertained enough by seeing the dynamics between the characters to just like feel at peace with that. But in the 2008 version... I mean, I felt disconnected and it had like decent pacing and a couple characters I even found really likable. And we'll get into who those are a little bit later. But there was just this like indescribable something that left me with this hollow impression and didn't really, as Paris would put it, spark joy for me, (laughs) which is peculiar because there are a lot of things in this movie that I liked. It was just a little bit bland in some spots. But how about you guys? How did you feel while you're watching both of these movies? The 2008 reminded me of a movie I had seen. Like, I just felt like I had already seen it. For sure. It Like, you know, I think I was expecting like a horror movie. Um, and I got more of a, thr- I got, I was getting thriller vibes. So I was like, man, this reminds me of like Along Came a Spider, Kiss the Girls. Like, I felt like it was like some sort of like whodunit or like not even whodunit. You usually know who the killer is and then just figuring them out. But I don't know. I was so just trying to find some sort of action in the 80s version oh totally agree you know when you're an hour in i think there's a contrast the you know 2000s version bam you got kills right away like you got some you got some actions in the beginning i totally agree alexis like the original took too long to uh to get into the meat of the horror part Uh, And it spent a lot of time developing the characters, whereas the remake spent almost no time developing the characters and just hit the ground running. Which I don't know. I wish there was something in between. Yeah, I think I will. I will give credit to the 1980s version. I think once we got into the action, it, it, it was good. It was worth the wait. Arguably, it was arguably worth the wait. But it was a very long time. Like when the first death happens, I'm like, oh, just now? Like, I didn't even realize that I was watching a scary movie until way too late in the movie um so i I feel exactly the same way and i think we're probably all going to be in agreement about that pacing but there's just also a really big difference between pacing in the 80s and pacing in 2008 perhaps we'll be all in agreement but then i show up and i actually like (laughs) the pacing of the 1980 okay but would you still agree that it's slow even though you like it it's i don't think it's as slow as it could have been i think they could have gone way slower (laughs) no Um, kills (laughs) plot twist all the kills come in the second (laughs) the sequel right (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you guys know I'm a fan of, of slow moving, like TV show and movies. Like I like things to like take their time and show details that maybe you don't even care about. Yeah. Like dance scenes. Uh, Jimmy Lee Curtis dancing. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's that honestly, that could have been 20 minutes and I would have been happy. See, this is where I defer on the Jamie Skills Lee Curtis thing. on the dance floor. Yeah, it's cool. I just am not watching a dancing movie. Sure, sure. that That's true. But I mean, the 2008 just feels like the typical like WBCW like... Uh, what's wrong with that? No, Nothing's wrong with that, <laughs> but it just doesn't feel like a horror movie to me. Like yeah. it feels like it's made for TV. Semi-cheesy, made for teenagers, yet made for everyone kind of... Like not really hard hitting feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a drama, but at the same time it's a soap opera, but at the same time it's a horror. Arguably based on the quality of acting that gives you that feeling. True. There's there's like an overall feeling of like the acting, the script, and perhaps it's like the camera work or something, but there's like some yeah. kind of feel that you can like yep. you can watch something and see it. You know what it is, Mac? It's a hundred percent because a couple fights about long distance relationships going into college. That's what it is. That's what puts it over the edge. <laughs> and finding yourself. It was very of the time. <laughs> yeah, there there was that there was that feeling for me. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I tried watching Green Arrow. I just like couldn't get into it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just like it's it's got a certain, you know, feel to it and it's it's not it's not really for me. It just feels like it's made for teenagers, which I can respect. I also have to say as somebody who went to prom in 2008, watching the remake, I was very triggered the whole time. Like the silver digital camera, the fashions, the girls going to the hair salon to just have their hair straightened and it still looks like shit. Like I was just, I was really taken back to that time in a really powerful way. I didn't have this this feeling from you guys because I was supposed to be like graduating college around that time. I decided to just redo a couple of years for several years in a row. Um, but I was like already like a full blown adult in their twenties when these kids were supposed to be graduating. Damn. Well, so were most of those actors. <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> That's true. Dude, That's true. Uh, just on that note, the in the nineteen eighties uh, prom night, the actors all looked like they were forty years old, especially the women. <laughs> they all looked grandma. Like you know what's like, surprising? So old. I was looking up some of their ages, and they're not as old as they seem. I know. I also was surprised by this. Even I thought <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis looked a little bit older in this one, and she's really not like that far out of uh, you know, normal okay. age range. She was uh almost she was like twenty one maybe. Or but so. you know what? That f- damn fine blazer she had with the elbow pads, it makes her look a little bit more distinguished. So. Yeah, I wrote in my notes, was Jamie Lee Curtis born 35? Oh, my God. <laughs> she looked great, but she did not look like a high schooler. And she probably didn't when she was in high school. Yeah, that's how I felt about the other women in that movie. I was like, y'all are, y'all have 10-year-old children already. I know it. I can see it. <laughs> there is something in that era about, like, the way people, you know, do their clothing and their, like, their hair that yeah. makes them look not you know, 18 or whatever, but it's also the way they speak. So true. It's just like not how teenagers now or in 2008 would ever speak. Yeah. Not wearing like leggings and crop tops every day, basically. That's true. (laughs) Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with. I think a good pair of leggings and a t-shirt and some chucks, that's the way to live life right there. But back then, you know, it was all about the, what we now call mom jeans. Yeah. And like actual shirts, stuff like that, you know. Well, you know, times change and that's okay. Jamie Lee Curtis and her wardrobe, her vibe. One of the things that I really loved or that really stood out to me about the 1980s experience of this movie is the impression that I got about her character 
because we saw her as a different type of woman here following her role in Halloween, right? And when you look, yes, she was in three slashers in 1980. Well, she was in three horror films. It's debatable whether or not you can consider the fog a slasher. But she's a different type of character in each one. So I found that very, very surprising growing up. And I love that she manages to show a different side of what a final girl is in every film. But I have this like borderline conspiracy theory, guys. And uh, it's it's a little spoilery. So we're going to save it for the second half. But there's a way that I watched this movie, a lens that I put on to watch it. And once I thought about this, I couldn't unsee it. And I now want to like imagine this as existing as the alternate universe of one of the other movies that she did. So we're going to talk about that in in the second half, but that was a big surprise for me when you kind of compare this movie to other movies of that time. What surprised you guys? Oh, I was surprised by uh, these movies having basically not one thing in common. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was they could have just titled the 2008 version like a night out or like, kids go to prom or like anything i mean i get it it's it's uh it's not like it was intended to be the same or like bougie prom night they could have also just called it prom yeah yeah i mean that would have been real uh real 2080 i think um it would have worked perfect i was so blown away by how different the stories were and how they had nothing to do with each other i i totally expected like i expected like a, a town the dreaded sundown type of thing some sort of relation or a similar story but like Aside from a tragedy happening in someone's life and then they go to prom, that's pretty much it. Totally. I felt the same thing watching the the uh, the remake, alleged remake, or in title only, as Chris said. Um, but in the original, I was really surprised by how phenomenal the soundtrack was. And I ended up downloading most of the soundtrack and putting it on a playlist. But I was really pleased with how good the music was. I Apparently, I love disco. But then there was something very specific to one character that I was really disappointed by. And I'm looking forward to unpacking that and really picking Chris's brain in particular, because I know she's probably a big aficionado of this film. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was surprised by the music and a little disappointed by the way they handled a character in this. Hmm, We'll see. Yeah, I was I I was kind I mean, I was surprised but disappointed that there wasn't some sort of like tie to them. Um, Also surprised at like. There were there's kind of like a star-studded cast in both of them. You have Jamie Lee Curtis and you have Naked Gun Three and a Half, also, <laughs> oh <my laughs> which God. I cannot unsee. I know he probably did this way before he did those, but <laughs> I think the the same year Airplane came out. Mm-hmm. Oh crap! Okay, which is really weird. It's so great to see him in a more serious role here. And and Ryan sitting here, you know, just Leslie shaking Nielsen. her head. Um, I'm motioning to Paris. Don't worry. I also don't know what they're talking about because I know he's thinking the same thing. Wait, Ryan, I'm not. I love Leslie Nielsen. Oh, dang. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dang Have you seen Airplane or, or Naked Gun? No. You know that funny guy with the white hair, the dad? He did a bunch of like really campy comedies in the 80s. So it was really weird to see him as like a stern, like serious actor in this. I was like, I can't take you seriously. You're Liam Neeson. Wait, Liam. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Take him Nielsen. seriously. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Yeah, and then you have like Britney Snow and Idris Elba, and then there's a Ooh. few other people I've seen um, in other slashers. They looked very familiar, but they looked like they were always like backup characters in other like scary movies or any other movies I've seen. But yeah, when you watched the second one, did it make you realize how white the first movie was? <laughs> 
Yes. Because yes, I it you know I was like oh wow it it passed by me it didn't occur to me at all and then the we start watching 2008 and I was like oh that was the whitest movie I've ever watched mm-hmm. but when Idris Elba popped up as the cop have you ever have you ever felt joy in your heart like you do <laughs> when Idris Elba graces your screen and you're not expecting it he literally is like I never noticed it but he's like one of uh, uh, he's a top actor for me for sure oh. And for sure. Also, just the prettiest person I've ever seen oh, in my he's life. Hot, yeah, it's great. Just real quick, during the opening credits, my boyfriend and I watched this, and we saw his name, but like they used a really weird font, and we saw it, and oh we're like, gosh. Jaris. I hated we that. Like, we said Jaris Elba. Is this like Idris Elba's cousin or something? Probably would still be hot. So look, I was gonna save this for the second half of the episode. Those opening title graphics are by far the most offensive thing about this movie. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. What are you doing using a script font? For one letter and then mixing it with like a typewriter font that has like a texture because there are like certain parts of the letter missing. What's <laughs> 2008, man? It's 2008. Yeah. <sighs> it's funny because we've talked about this before, how that usually makes a movie even better. Like, oh my gosh, look at this cool detail that they put in. But this, I was like, <laughs> so are they writing a note? Like no. to someone, you know so what this bad. was? This was someone in post production saying, "Ooh, I don't know which style we prefer. I'm going to show you a couple different options. So, like, do you like this letter? Do you like this letter? This is like a mock up. Or hear me out here, someone's family member helped. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is their contribution. Someone had a cousin that knows how to use Photoshop and MySpace. That's how Hollywood works, baby. Why can't they just keep it simple? Just give us a freeze frame of like. You know, like the first second of the actual first scene and then just set everything in Futura. And as soon as the, you know, the titles are done, boom, we can see the action unfold on the same scene we've been watching. I'm still unhappy with that idea. Yeah, please know also to that. (laughs) Uh, Maybe just me. Maybe I'm too much of a minimalist. I don't think a lot was surprising. I think my expectations were, were pretty well met. Obviously, I was surprised by the fact that the two films are completely separate and have nothing to do with one another. That was a bit surprising, and I was kind of thrown off guard. I would actually say I'm kind of bummed because I was hoping to see maybe different details about the characters in the 2008 version. Then when we get there, it's like, oh, I'm just watching a different movie that happens to be set at a prom, which is which is fine. But it was it was kind of a bummer that you know I didn't get to see that same story. I was expecting something more like you know my bloody Valentine, yeah. where. We just get the 2008 treatment of the same story, mm-hmm. and then we change it up a little bit. Def- definitely not not that effect. So yeah, that, I mean that was that was surprising to me. I was surprised by how Canadian the 1980 movie was. <gasps> I thought I made that up. It's a Canadian film, but it feels just utterly Canadian the whole way through. Which is nothing wrong with it, but I like didn't realize that going into it. What parts feel Canadian? They're O's and U's. I heard that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a couple subtle, you know, vowels that you can kind of make out that people are Canadian. But like some of the characters, super Canadian. Also, the uh, uh, My Bloody Valentine was also Canadian. And that and the original Prom Night shared an almost identical scene where a couple talks by the water. Uh, and that's where I was like, this is Canadian as fuck. That and like the, <laughs> the O's and accents that were slipping through here and there. Also, in what other country would a young woman just willingly go to prom with a guy in a van who barely, like, almost runs her over, really? <laughs> named Slick. <laughs> a guy who's named himself Slick, by the way. <laughs> Tries to play it off. You you know, they call me Slick, but we all know you named yourself Slick. So, I mean, Mac, I'm kind of surprised that I wasn't bummed about the 2008 being so wildly different. Typically, I'm one where, like, if I love the 80s slasher version, I, I'm, I'm going to want to see something similar, right? Even when we look at, like... You know, the remake of When a Stranger Calls, 
they didn't remake the entire movie. They just took the best part of the movie and expanded that into an entire movie. And I appreciated that effort. I am not mad about their, their, their attempt here, but only because I appreciate the story of what they did being set so well in the beginning of it. That saying right off the bat, Hey, this is a different movie. This is a different style. We're not going to do what you expect. I'm okay with that. I mean, they basically said, hey, this is not a remake of Prom Night. We just have the same name. Which, I mean, I mean that happens. Like in, in movies, there are movies that have the same name as, as a movie that's come decades before it, and they have nothing to do with each other, which is fine. It's just usually they're either not in the same genre, they don't have the same kind of like feeling of, you know, young person who's friends or family have been like brutally murdered you know goes to prom i feel like it's close enough of a of a story or at least a feeling that it seems a bit weird that they weren't related at all i agree so the, the other thing to keep in mind though is prom night itself as a franchise is actually more of an anthology none of the sequels matter or are connected to the first one beyond the fact that the high school has the same name that's it so really, if they had just given the high school the same name in this movie, it would have fit in perfectly with the franchise. But there is one thing that uh, the 2008 remake has in common with its uh, 1980 predecessor, and it's the fact that neither of these movies are going to particularly give you a fright, at least in my opinion. The 2008 <laughs> has its, you know, it has its jump scare moments, sure, but I think the strongest potential it has is in how sinister its villain is. He is, uh, he, he's nuts. He gave me the heebie-jeebies a couple times. I think he's... We'll talk more about, you know, see if Matt breaks it up in his fact or fiction, but there's a particular way that he went about preparing for this role that was really unsettling. The 1980s version might be a little bit creepy to the right person, depending on how, like, if you have never been introduced to horror and you can get spooked really easily. I think in particular that the phone calls and the voices that that killer uses, he was no Black Christmas Billy for me, but I did find him a little bit creepy. But what about you guys? Did anything stand out as frightening in these movies? Um, the 2008 version, I definitely thought it was the you know villain in it was scary. But I think what took it away was some of the um, acting in it and some of you know Britney Snow's like sort of. I mean, I was just like really that's what your face is like when you just. I mean, <laughs> saw like him like in your or your mom's dying it was just like this weird thing that it just didn't feel genuine um so i think that's what took it away from me but i really felt like he had enough um just to make him a little bit creepy i just wish the characters had you know really not ruined his performance <laughs> yeah exactly pretty much for me alexis i i come to this thing where if the killer is hot they're immediately less scary because I'm like, yeah, break into my hotel room, daddy. Like, go ahead. Like, what are you going to do? Kill me? And it just, like, takes it out of it for me. Like, now, had he been hideously disfigured, I probably might have been scared. Though there was one jump scare involving some pigeons in the 2008 version that did get me. Um, but in the original, I didn't come close to getting scared. Uh, the killer, when you see them, is laughable. I'll say that. Uh, which is not scary when you're laughing. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. I had n there's no terror in the 1980s version for me. And in 2008, I do think it's a fairly scary movie depending on what scares you. I mean, creepy men scare me and jumps often scare me. So uh, both of those things, I think if you're watching this for the first time and you're like real into it, I think it'll get you a few times. Now, do they take 
every opportunity to do the cheapest cheap uh, like jump scares <laughs> that have ever existed like every mirror that you see in this movie is an opportunity for someone to for it to move and someone pops up you know like those types of things um it's definitely that but that gets a lot of people so I, i'm not going to discredit that i think 2008's got at least a little bit of scariness to it i think the 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 1980 was not scary whatsoever of course, it's got some creepiness going on with it, but the killer was definitely laughable. So I have to agree with Paris that there's some humor going yep. on uh, for for adult viewers. The 2008 just reminded me so much of watching you, even like their complexion and like you know, like the way that bone their structure. stubble, yeah, their bone <laughs> structure, their stubble, like all that. So I wasn't creeped out. I was expecting him, you know, to give us a, maybe a little bit of of that inner speak, maybe just narrating what was about to happen. That's what it's missing. That would have been hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I should have watched it close to when it, to when it came out. Oh, you got inner speak in the eighties the version. Yeah. That That's was true. the worst and part that. was that. the worst thing. I, I, I don't understand why that happened at, at all. They totally forgot to bring that into 2008. They should have brought that with them. They, they should have. Yeah. Cause that was, that was questionable, but I felt like I was watching a soap opera. I mean, I'm not even sure if it would work with the uh, with the 2008 version, as silly as it may have been to do so. Um, because if you look even at the movies themselves, the tones are totally different, right? I feel like the 2008 version was trying really hard to be as scary as it possibly could be with that PG-13 rating. And I'm not, a, I'm not, I don't have anything against PG-13 horror films. I prefer movies with little blood, right? With little gore. I think there are other ways you can scare people. But I think when you look at the endings of both of these movies, the tones, like the first one leaves you with this sense of tragedy that's just beginning on the heels of a lot of like havoc and chaos. But the second one does, and it gives it a more, se- more so a sense of a finality and closure. The 1980s version gives you closure on the mayhem, but it opens up like this deep psychological wound that's just beginning. But how about you guys? How did you feel about the endings of either movie? I really liked the ending of the 1980 version because it ended. It ends on, I mean, it's not really a cliffhanger, but it ends on such an odd note for most movies where you don't feel immediate resolution and you just feel that sting of that wound that you're mentioning, Chris. Uh, so I, I found it actually to be a, a kind of a really compelling ending that like you just feel... I don't know, despair maybe or sadness. I don't know if you really feel sadness, but you can feel, you know, just like a sudden stab, which is great. The the, the 2008 ver- version, the the ending was, I feel like, on par for a 2008 movie. Like it was okay, but I didn't feel like it was a really solid ending. Um, there, There's a great scene with one of our, um, one of our friendly detectives that we all enjoy. And I think that one was a good way to help get some resolution. So it's super ambiguous and vague and you're not going to understand it until you watch it. But um, there's a little bit of payoff, I feel like. A little bit of payoff. But it's just kind of, for me, it was kind of meh. Okay, I actually wrote down meh in my notes. The original, I have a lot of questions about the ending. Uh, I was not satisfied. I might be satisfied if my questions get answered by Chris and maybe like there's something I didn't notice at first. Um, But yeah, meh was definitely the energy. And then in the sequel, or the 2008 version, the ending was conclusive, but also the story was much more like like one note, like cut and dry, like this is what's happening and now it's ending. Uh, so I was also underwhelmed by that one too. 
They both were an ending, to say the least. <laughs> the movies did end. <laughs> I do prefer the 1980 version. I think um, maybe because I was still trying to figure out who the killer was, I didn't necessarily know. So I liked that part. Um, the 2000 version, I mean, it ended. It ended on a clean note. And I I thought it was a payoff for me for a certain character. I was like, all right, yes. Okay. You're good because it's my favorite character in that movie. Then we're, you know, but yeah, it's my fault. Yeah. For me, the, the like psychological wound that Chris mentioned was like opened at the end of the 80s one. I felt that the whole way through uh, the 2008 prom night. I just feel like with everything that happened that the newer one had to end the way that it did because like the poor girl, like her life is just going to be very hard. Um, so I think it had to end that way. And it, it, you know, it's satisfying. I think it, it is what I expected from the 2008 PG 13 horror movie. Um, the 1980s, I was very confused. I did have to literally look up what the ending was because, um, something that happens sometimes, and I don't know if it's just me, but like, I especially find this with older movies, like a lot of these people look alike and then yes. <laughs> they show like a child version of them and then the uh. adult and it's, well, one, it's not the same person that grew up, but two, people don't look the same when they grow up. And so you're just supposed to understand who they are. And like, I even had this issue. Yeah. And it yeah. where like, I'm like, I don't, I can't figure out who is who because these are different humans and they don't look the same. So I had to look up at the ending of the 80s one and figure out what was going on. And afterwards, yeah, I sometimes don't, people I don't are only on it. screen for like five <laughs> seconds and their name is said like three times and I'm not good at faces or names. So it's definitely me. I'm not saying I'm not saying they. Well, I do have an argument to make about it, but I'm not I'm not blaming the movie completely. Partially, it's my fault. But either way, at the end, I was confused, had to look some things up and figure out what was happening. And even then, still, I was like, okay, that's how I felt. Ryan, you are absolutely not alone. In my notes, I wrote, at first I wrote, um, because obviously it starts with like uh, all of the characters as kids and then they're in high school. At first I wrote, thank God they're doing these like flashbacks as they introduce the characters. But even then it wasn't enough because later in my notes I wrote, who are these people? Because there's too many of them. They all have the same face. I <laughs> weirdly got the brother and the boyfriend confused a lot. So there were a lot of incest things that came to mind immediately. And I was like, no, no, wait, that's the boyfriend. That's not the brother. But once I did finally, and honestly, one of the really important like character identities wasn't, it didn't click in my brain until way beyond most people probably. But once I got all of the characters figured out and who they were, I knew immediately who the killer was. So I was not surprised. But it was a struggle to get there. I, I I know we need to get to answering these questions, and we certainly will. There, I have some questions myself, so fret not. I have questions about both movies. But let's go ahead and start making our way and getting down to business. Alexis, how many people died in the 1980s version? We have seven deaths in the 1980 version. 1980s version. And how about the 2008? Oh, um, a body count of 14. Something pretty high. Pretty, pretty high. Double up. Wish they were all meaningful or there's, you know, but we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. All right. So within the seven from 1980 or within the 14 from 2008, Ryan, were any of those deaths animals? As usual, I'm here to just bear great news. <laughs> Not as usual, <laughs> but often lately I've been able to say our uh, animal report is clean. Very nice. Very nice. Now let's go ahead and get into our scoring. 
Let's kick it off with a 1980 version of Prom Night. Was it a hack or was it a slash? I'll, I'll start things off because the 1980 was a slash for me. I think it was genuinely a pretty decent film that was worth a watch. I think we got to see some 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 disco going on, you know, and uh, it was kind of fun. But uh, overall, I liked the pacing, which you guys didn't because I like slower, slower moving films. I feel like it was a bit juvenile of a film for me. I would have preferred a bit more gore. That being said, I also just watched the latest Rambo movie in which he like literally blows people's heads up. So the scales are, are tipped the wrong way. But, uh, you know, I think overall it was it was a good watch. I think it it did some interesting things that I didn't expect uh, involving childhood memories and, you know, deep psychological wounds. But I think it was worth the watch. I wish there was more gore, too. I also wish there was a lot more stuff. Um, I guess I wanted this to be more serious. And I think that comes with the gore. I just I wanted this like rampage on prom night, maybe because that's what I expected. Um, and then I had this silly character hanging off the side of a car. Like there was just a lot of mechanics for me that were missing. Um, besides that, I don't get any payoff or anything for an hour in. Alexis does not like a clumsy killer. Uh, you know, I don't like a clumsy killer. You you kill with intention. You you don't trip. <laughs> You don't trip, like. <laughs> but with that said, I I don't know. I I, I appreciate it. I, I thought it was enjoyable, but I do think it was a waste of my time. So with that, I will have to give it a hack. My girl Alexis, I have feelings about this movie. I think that they're gonna be obvious. This was basically like if you wanted to watch Dirty Dancing but couldn't find Dirty Dancing, you could watch this movie. And I don't like that. I'm just not. No. Mixed with Saturday Night Fever for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, look, I'm not a. I don't claim to be a person that knows lots of 80s movies. So forgive me if it's not like the perfect comparison. It's just the one that comes to mind. I'm good on all the uh, high school scenes. I'm good on all the like dancing for 20 minutes scenes. I'm good on like the way these characters interact with each other. It all just feels awkward and like uncomfortable to me. And I'm sorry that I'm this person. Don't apologize for being you. I just don't often enjoy 80s movies, 80s horror movies, because they have things like this. Like the disco music doesn't do it for me. If we want to get like groovy or something you know go back to some like like some 80s soul music i'm down we can do those dance scenes that i'm in for um so i'm gonna stop complaining it's a hack so this might be the hardest hack or slash i've had to make thus far because i really enjoyed this movie in a lot of ways i loved it as like a high school movie like it's high school it's prom there's pageantry there's lots of girls talking some shit it's right up my alley the dance sequence superb i was just jaw on the floor when it happened i loved every minute of it i expected it to be bad and it just kept getting better and i was like damn jamie lee curtis look at those legs but as a horror movie i don't know that it cut the cake you know like this the killer wasn't scary i get the motivation behind it but Specifically, I have like one yes or no question that I need to have answered after the break. Um, but even as I'm thinking about it now, like either yes or no, I wanted more. So like as a movie, <laughs> as a movie, I liked it. As a horror movie, it wasn't very good. Um, but at the same time, I also gave The Purge a slash. Uh, I'm like truly struggling, you guys. You know what? I would watch it again. I would recommend it to 
a group of very specific people. Don't give in. You would recommend this? I'm going to give it a slash. What is happening? What's happening? I'm I'm just going to give it a slash. I'm going to listen to my heart and give it I a slash. I feel like you listen to your heart and then you do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Usually that's what he does, but he's evolving. Look, we're all humans here. We're allowed to have different opinions on a day-to-day basis. I've been doing the show for a hun- almost 100 episodes now. You think I haven't changed my mind once? Psh, you're welcome aboard, Paris. Listen, I have like a beautiful... I have a beautiful collection of slashes, and this has to be in it. Because of the disco scene? Because of a lot of the things. The women of it yeah. all, the disco of it all, the music, okay. the the pageantry. But, but this is a slash horror movie. Not just a slash, not a movie you enjoy watching. Horror movie. I enjoyed watching it. All right. <laughs> I can't. I can't say I didn't. There you go. No need to complicate it more than that. And I'm going to keep it just as simple as Paris. Well, you made it a little bit complicated <laughs> there, but it's fine. This is my kind of slasher, and I'm glad we at least have a nice little bookend here. It has personality, all right? It has conflict, and even though the dancing felt a little bit long for my taste, it has this really nice 80s touch that reflects the time they're in without feeling like it's suffering because of that. Like, you know what I mean. Like, there are some 80s movies you can't get past the fact that they're 80s movies. For me, this doesn't feel like a detriment. This feels like they're embracing it. The gore is, is fairly light in this movie, which I actually prefer, but there's still the payoff of a dramatic kill that creates this moment of chaos that I think I actually heard a lot of people were looking for in even the 2018 Halloween. Now, this movie is not without its flaws. Like I said, I do have some questions, so maybe there are questions that I can't answer, but it's a solid slasher entry and a satisfying slash for me. Now, the 2008 one, this is where it gets a little bit complicated for me. In a way, I felt like it was just a little bland. Okay. Like not, not bad, just plain. I think a good comparison in my mind would be thinking about the food you like to eat on a regular basis, right? You want something delicious, something flavorful, maybe something juicy, maybe something crispy, but sometimes you get sick, right? And when you get sick, what do you want? Sometimes you want something plain as hell. Something, sometimes you want saltines, maybe a nice little soup, maybe it's just some Gatorade and that's it. And that's what this movie is for me. It's a very, it's a slash, but it's a very specific slash. As in, I can have this movie on and not feel like I have to be swayed one way or another by it. I think the movie opening on its own is enough to give it a slash. But this is not something I'm going to put on to look to for. I want to truly be thrilled. Also, I mean, the guy who plays the killer in this, he was in That Thing You Do, which is another one of my favorite movies. And I just can't help but enjoy him as a person. So there we go. How about you guys? The 2008 Prom Night? Was it a hack or a slash? So this was a very clearly defined hack for me. My final note for this film was that it was a steaming pile of horse shit. Um, <laughs> Which you've used before on other movies. Well, you I know, like there's that. a lot of them out there. Yeah. <laughs> Where the original had me like so torn. I can easily say that this is probably one of the worst movies that we've ever reviewed. Um, I saw it in theaters. I don't remember it being that bad, but I don't remember it very much at all. So it didn't bode well for it. Question, um, worst movies that we've reviewed or worst movies we've reviewed since you've been on? Since I've been on. Okay. All right. <laughs> but the writing was like truly shit. Like the dialogue was bad. Uh, the acting, except for Idris Elba, was bad. Um, what else did I write down? Uh, the plausibility was not there. Where the original film had a balance between like murder and like realism and like everyday high school life. This movie was truly joyless. Um, and I did not enjoy watching it at all. And I even thought like graduation day was like a hot piece of shit. Um, but that one was like so bad that it was fun to like make fun of and laugh at this. It wasn't even fun to laugh at how stupid it was. So hard hack, 
never going to see it again. Don't watch this. It's bad. I paid $4 for this. I want it back. Man, Paris, you are uh, truly unpredictable. Like I've never <laughs> said anyone is unpredictable the way I say it about you. It is, it's, it's a, it's just an experience. Well, I guess a lot of people have the experience in knowing that you're unpredictable, but um, yeah, this movie I think is, I, I really agree with what Chris said. And I'm going to add one thing from your 1980 prom night review is that I think this is like an entry level horror movie. I think you, you watch this, you're going to get the scares that you're looking for. I think if you're most people, not Mac, but other people. Um, I think you're going to get a level of gore. I don't know what Paris is saying that it's implausible. It makes a lot of sense. The story behind what's going on. Um, I'm afraid of creepy men. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) it feels very plausible. I consistently have a fear that like someone will just, this is going to sound very, uh, big headed to say out loud, but I don't mean it in that way, but consistently afraid that someone's just going to decide to be obsessed with me and try to kill me, which like, don't most women have that fear? I almost can't had an encounter today. Mac heard about it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I completely agree. It, it, it's just a thing. And, and maybe that, uh, maybe that adds to my stress in this movie, but yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. The acting is not good. I'm not really a fan of Britney snow. The dialogue and the writing and everything is not perfect. However, I kind of feel that way about all movies involving high schoolers. And so that, that level of disconnection, I just kind of have to let that go because it it's never good to me. Um, but I, I like the way things went. And so it's a slash. But no, it's not the best movie ever. It's just worth seeing. So Chris knows I love high school movies. You guys probably all know. Yep. <laughs> Throw a couple lockers in there in a gymnasium scene. Lex is all about that shit. Heck yeah. <laughs> school drama, yes. And if it goes into somehow some crazy like dra- dramatic thing that would never happen in high school, I'm totally down. Um... I love Idris Elba in this. Love him. He's what kept me going through this entire movie. I was like, okay, I'm following him. I'm following, I'm following, following. I love this like cat and mouse game with this guy. But none of this seemed, when I say I was taken away, I'm not sure if he's, because I was never thinking, oh my God, am I going to be able to visit my boyfriend? Oh my gosh. Like, like, you know, I I never, I'm removed from this maybe because it was 12 years ago, but I did graduate during the same time. And I don't know. I think it was more the acting. It, It was just the acting that did it for me. Like, I wish there was more terror on someone's face. I wish they had said less cliche stuff or more and make it kind of funny and make it some, something more of a scream. But Either way, I am giving this a hack. I don't want to ever watch it again. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like really brutal tonight, but I'm just being honest. No, like okay. I watched these two today and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> because I really <laughs> wanted them to be so good because they had, you're taking this idea of prom a whole bunch of people and you could really turn it to something like cool, creative. But I think because I was looking, you know, it was missing that gore for me too. It was definitely missing. When you have a body count of 14, can I see some blood? That's true. Okay, Can't. Alexis, I think a lot of the the sequels to the original Prom Night are available out there on the internet. You should check it out and let us know if it gets any better, if it okay. meets your need. I'll be down. I'll be down. What <laughs> an interesting turn. <laughs> wow. So let's talk about this 2008 because it's legit saltines with mayonnaise on them. Ugh. You know what I mean? Mayonnaise? <laughs> Come on. That's just unnecessary. Mayonnaise with salt and pepper? No salt, no pepper, because that's too spicy for this movie. True. 
it's just straight up plain. Honestly, it's probably not even real mayonnaise. It's that stuff that's like mayonnaise. It's got some of the worst police work and like police decisions that could be in a movie. It's, I mean, it's horror though. It's horror. It's got the most expensive prom I've ever seen in a film, I think. Just so completely outside the norm for for proms. Although in 2020, who knows what people have these days. I don't I don't they I don't know. Sweet 16s are super expensive. I don't think they got a prom this year, Mac. That's well, <laughs> that's true. No one got burn in, in, wow. in 2019. I wonder how much money they spent on their proms, not in 2020, because no one got a prom. That being said, it's it's not a film for me. That doesn't make it a bad film. It's not a thanks killing for me. So it's it's not a trash movie. It's not a joke of a movie. It's just not for me. It's a little bit too bland. It's a little bit, you know, too oriented towards towards teenagers. Maybe if I were a teen uh, watching this, you know, back in the day, I would have appreciated it, you know, and, and bought into the hype at 30 something. It's just, you know, it's it's not on my alley. But I, I so I watched this with my girlfriend. She didn't take too badly to it. I mean, obviously, we questions, you know, we question the decisions a lot of the characters make because that's horror movies. And you always have to be like, why are you doing that? Why are you going in there? But it wasn't it wasn't a bad film. It had. A really solid antagonist. I love a good organized killer. Love to watch them work on screen. That was fantastic. It had Idris Elba. You can't complain about that in any movie. I don't care. I mean, we were just watching. We've been watching The Office a lot. And just his like little section when he's he's in The Office. Mm. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that was honestly the real star power of this movie was Idris Elba. Um, Not any of the, the teenage cast or people playing teenagers. So where we're going with this is, well, it's not for me. It's not a hack. It's a it's a slash. <sighs> I don't think it was a joke. I don't think it was a waste of time. I just think it wasn't for me. Thank you. I nice. don't vote like that. So nope. <laughs> that's okay. Here's the thing, right? We're all different human beings, and one of the things about this show is that you may lean on one side of the scale or the other. Uh, we're not going to all think the same, but somehow we thought similarly enough that the 2008 and the 1980 version of Prom Night tied each at three slashes and two hacks although paris giving a movie a slash might as well count for two slashes so there you go somehow these movies tied and you can find both of them streaming or you can rent the 2008 version but be sure to stick around join us in the second half after you watch these movies so we can unpack my conspiracy theory about prom night and we can also hear more about why paris rated it a slash see you in a bit school seniors you're all set for this year's prom you have your tuxedo your dress your florist is on lock your limo is booked your hotel room is cheap and ready for a drunken night of mistakes the likes of which will gnaw your mind for decades but what if it rains what if all that hard work and expensive mascara gets flushed right down the drain don't worry pick up a pretty penny prom poncho These fashionable ponchos come in a variety of fabrics, colors, and cuts to match any exquisitely planned and parentally paid for prom attire. Hair did, keep it covered. Tucks on point, rain ain't no issue. For an added feeling of adulthood, pick out a pretty penny prom poncho that has an included flask pocket, flask sold separately. Pick yours up today and stay dry in the midst of endless teenage tears due to prom night breakups and infidelities.
All right, welcome back. Both versions of Prom Night have earned three slashes and two hacks apiece. Uh, we'll see if the scores stay that way after we get into some discussion, but before we break down why we rated these movies the way we did, Alexis, hit us up with the gore score for the 1980 version. Low? How low, <laughs> How low can you go? Because, uh, okay, there is a few scenes which we'll talk about because it was so gratifying at the end. So I'll talk about 2008s left me wanting so much more just like plenty of exes have um (laughs) exes from 2008 or from 2008 probably yeah (laughs) and i just want to know what everyone thinks about this how can you have i mean i understand the ratings and stuff like that but this is definitely one of the reasons why i gave it a hack was how can you have 14 deaths but like you literally don't see anyone killed really yeah, 14 deaths, and I could not come up with a favorite kill because they were all so blah. I felt one that was more impactful, but like I just. Imagine being like 15 and watching this movie, though. You would have been like, ah, I'm so scared. There's killing. I'd love to know what's scream rated. It's rated R. Oh, fuck. All right. I guess I'm desensitized. All right. <laughs> Very few slashers are rated PG 13. I think I agree with you though because i think the the kill in the beginning of the mom right in front of her in 2008 version is only one that you feel anything about everything else is just the anticipation of the kill i feel bad about lisa's death i did feel bad about Same. lisa yes lisa was bad lisa yeah. was the one she was actually being a good best friend too mm-hmm. the second she remembered she was thinking about it that whole time and then as soon as it hit her, she was like, I'm out of here. I got to go help my best friend. But wait, did you feel bad about Lisa dying or the scene where Lisa is killed? Because if I'm maybe I'm mis- misremembering, it's just a splash of blood on a piece of plastic. Well, so the all the other kills in the movie were basically stabby stabby in the stomach. Yeah. With and the like, crunchiness of right. Captain Crunch. <laughs> but she actually got like her throat slit. Yeah. yeah. That's the only one you really see. And it is fairly aggressive. And there is such a pursuit for her. That yeah. it felt worse to me than any of those. Her kill was like the Wendy kill. I feel bad about her dying. I just don't remember that moment where she died. But maybe I, I. She was kind of. Remember they were like in the, which is really cool to see a uh, floor of a hotel being remodeled. That's neat. Um, also, it seems unrealistic, but we'll go for they it. They do do that. I know, but yeah. like the way they foreshadowed it, like. Hey, just so you know, this is a we're remodeling this, and um, yeah, oh, that's where you're gonna. That. Oh, when he's like no, checking in, when he's checking in at the hotel, he they tell him that it's getting remodeled there. So it's like obviously at some point they're gonna end up on that floor in a chase oh. scene. But also, I hack, but okay. yeah, I apologize. <laughs> I only remember seeing the scene where her blood is splattered a- across the plastic. Yeah. So that's where that I'm was like, pretty much. I mean, there's a lot of cat and mouse in yeah. this, which I think. Some people do like. Chris, it's the do you like that? Hell yeah, I like the cat and mouse. She likes a good cat and mouse. Yeah, that's why you like any final girl. Like she had a final girl level chase, except it didn't turn out well for her. Yeah, I really wanted her to live. I felt so bad when she was under the table and like her freaking boyfriend was right there. So she technically could just, I would have just screamed. I'm like, you know, whatever. But then she's like, I don't want Same. him to die. And I'm just like, oh, shit. When, when he came down and like was yelling for her, I really wanted her to just like charge the dude. And knock him over and, and start screaming for help. I was really hoping she was going to do some kind of like active defense and try to get out of the situation. Yeah. If I put myself in that situation, though, it's like I feel like you would get paralyzed by it, trying to make a decision on what to do. And you have sure. such a small window. Yeah. It's not. It's maybe it's because it's I just happening. wanted her to live. Yes. That's I was exactly really hopeful that she was going to live and get down there and like warn her. Yeah. She and, was the best part of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from the killer. 
<laughs> which is weird to say. <laughs> no, 100%. Chris, you said that Lisa got almost like a final girl kill scene. And I don't want to completely disregard the gore in the 1980 version because our girl Wendy, who was my MVP of that version, um, she got the longest, most drawn out chase scene. Yeah. And I was pretty satisfied with her death too. I was like, damn, Wendy's dead, but she put up a damn good fight. There was even a moment where I was like, you're not going to catch Wendy. Fuck off and move on, dude. Yeah. But I think the most like gory element of that movie was actually the audio that they played when when Kelly was killed and she had her throat slit. That it was like just... full jar of mayonnaise, full mac and cheese stir. It was that, I can't even do the sound with my mouth and you wouldn't want me to if you're listening with headphones. Um, but it was gross. It was so juicy. I did know that. I was like, man, they really went in with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like oh. they didn't show it, but they we heard it. Was the decapitation not the most satisfying kill in the movie though? Hell yeah, it was. The best kill in the damn movie from the biggest jerk. Now, my thing is, it's so crazy. And I mean, I did give this a hack, but I do appreciate like it did make me feel some emotions. Like, you have this ending scene where you have Lou's death, so you're like super satisfied. You're like, hell yeah, he deserved it. I, I mean, I thought so. I know how everyone feels about men dying in movies that might deserve it, but technically <laughs> don't deserve to die. He was a predator. Yeah, he that was fair. And then you cut, you know, to your f- ending scene where you have, you know, the brother dead. And it's crazy. I've never really felt like the same unless it's like, you know, the heroine or the hero of the movie that I'm like, oh, my gosh, they died. But I've never felt like that about someone who's, you know, killing all these people in a movie and then at the end feeling bad for them. So the reason for that is because this movie is one of the only ones to have a sympathetic killer. Because when you look at it, this movie is built to make you like Alex. And he's a very good brother. He just, he stands up for his sister. It looks like he has a really good relationship with his parents. And he seems like a sweet, you know, like um, reserved kind of guy. So this is where my question comes in. Um, pretty early on, I figured out that the killer was Alex. But my question is, was Alex gay? Because... It felt very queer-coded. It was very kind of ambiguous. He fully wore his mom's lipstick and mascara while he did all these kills. He had a bedazzled ski mask. Glittered hood, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought he was into his sister for a minute when they were having that moment before prom. I was like, yikes. I did too, yeah. Maybe that was just, you know, he was just admiring her. That's all. Like he wishes he could be her. So to my knowledge, there's absolutely no subtext there that is intentional from any of the production stuff. And I've actually never gotten that vibe about Alex. What I got the vibe I got from him was the devastation of losing his twin sister and that any of that feminine energy there was like him, like grappling with this, like loss of a twin. Okay, fully didn't know that they were twins, but it makes sense now because they were wearing matching shirts. (laughs) Statistically. Twins are more likely to have a gay among them. If you're a twin and you're gay, write into the podcast to prove that I'm not crazy, but this is a thing. Um, one person that that applies to. Yeah, I know a lot of twins. If you're a twin <laughs> and not gay. But then why was he wearing lipstick and mascara while doing all of these things? That is a great question. So it goes it goes back to that, like him like missing his his twin sister thing to where he like can't let go of her and he's channeling channeling her being into himself because he can't let go of the fact that she's gone can we just for like fun note that that wasn't particularly clear in the movie and and there's reasons why so there were some scenes cut from the movie 
and yeah, but see, this is not this is that a, they a were thing. all related. No, because uh, so, I did not know that. The yeah, three, that took me a while to get. You know, it is pretty clear that they're related. Like they they do set that up. Yeah, so th- there's scenes cut from the movie that we're gonna try to be a bit more serious about who the killer could be. So they're gonna try to paint basically basically each member of the family as a possible suspect. I and do so, like that. Yeah, I think that that actually would have added to it. There was a while I thought it was the mom. Because I definitely thought it was the dad for a hot second. And each of them has a scene that would have made it seem like they could have been the killer. But I would like to note that those scenes weren't in the movie, right? And so as like a typical, I try to be the person that's coming in fresh here, right? I don't do research on a lot of these things so that I can watch this movie and address it and assess it as such. That isn't in the movie. And the subtext of why he's wearing lipstick and all this stuff it it's not clear in the movie i'm not saying you can't get it it's not like it's far-fetched i i get the concept it's a twin sister but it's not like it's abundantly clear and that that's something i don't like ryan i'm truly not sold on like the feminine energy of the twin sister theory but i do have an alternative the crazed serial killer that escapes um that they allude to a few times in the movie at one point they refer to him as a homicidal fruitcake uh, so I also considered that possibly Alex was pretending that he was that guy. And that's why he made all of those very gay choices as a killer. For me, like that always felt like it's, it's Robin because there are twins. He finds her body, right? They're close. He probably feels a tremendous amount of guilt for leaving her because he walked away from her. He didn't even wait for her really. Um, so I've never gotten anything but that vibe when watching that movie. It's interesting that you bring that up and I'll give it another watch and see if I feel that way. But for me, it just wasn't particularly there. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing to confirm, right? So it does, it does stand up as you're saying with queer coding. He's never definitively proven to be straight. Yeah. Also shows very little interest in having a prom date. Um, but the last thing I'll say about it is at the beginning of Wendy's kill scene, she's in the bathroom and her mascara is like shit. And the killer enters the bathroom and she's like, Hey, do you have any mascara? And then like, the whole chase scene and kill happens and then they like do a close-up on the killer's eye and all i could think was like so you do have mascara (laughs) (laughs) maybe he has luscious lashes oh that was fully mascara with that being said you get a view of the killer's entire body during the whole like van chase scene and to me the person hanging onto the van is like a big strong man and then when we get to the end and you start to see like the mascara like lipstick situation then i'm like is this a a woman like the mom yeah yeah so confusing and then clearly like um this is maybe like a silly detail but the body type is completely different than that that was hanging off the van and so it just got into this weird place and that's where so much confusion came up for me at the end I'll take the responsibility of not realizing. Like, I literally didn't realize it was her brother when they pulled the mask off. I truly had to look up who was the killer in this and why and saw, oh, it was their her brother seeking revenge. But like, I don't know. There was just a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense in the end for me. And I get like, I get the concept, like the brother seeking revenge. Cool. But the way it actually happened was very confusing and, mm-hmm. and just a lot for me. Yeah, the brother wearing lipstick was a question mark for me. Like, even and within the, channeling that energy, it's still, like, it feels unnecessary. And the sparkly, it, it took a few scenes, and then I was like, is his ski mask sparkling? Oh, very specifically, glitter ski mask. 
I know everyone's saying kind of or had maybe some similar feelings about like the 2008 version being like kind of flat. I do feel like the ending for that was not necessarily flat. It just made me feel like, okay, Idris Elba got his thing. He's, you know, got... I, I think I would have been missing it had he died or something like uh, then I really probably would have turned the movie off. I'm like, OK, it would have been too much heartbreak, honestly. Yeah. And I know you'd mentioned like it would have been too much heartbreak on her. But honestly, her character, her character or maybe her acting in this. And I, I feel like I, I love Britney Snow and Pitch Perfect. So I just don't <laughs> like her in this. And she got me hella scared. And would you rather? But she never like I never got that feeling like. Oh, poor thing if she goes through one more thing again. I'm just like, damn, I have to see her, like... Like, when her mom died, it was just seeing her face. I was just like, oh, no. So... For me, I she felt was... like a victim most of the time and a survivor by coincidence and less of, like, her taking action into her own hands. Big fact. Yeah, I think so. But it was also, like, you know, when he was in the... When he first came into the room, like, just... I wanted more terror on her face. Maybe because I was just lacking on the uh, gore side of it that I needed more something in the other characters so i think it was just like lacking a lot for me of the terror did you also want her to not wake up from a nightmare and then do the exact thing that she did in the nightmare because that was i was like why and also this is a this is different but like the use of dreams is so tired and this i was like we got two dream scenes in this two where you wake up from a dream but yeah, she like w- wakes up and does the exact same thing. And yeah, you're like, horrible. okay, well, she's also a bad, you're gonna get killed. she's also a horrible friend when she's in the cop car and is just telling, uh, Ronnie, the boyfriend, Ronnie. Luke. Yeah. When she's just telling Ronnie, oh yeah, she died in there. She's dead. I was like, she's dead and gets in the car. I'm like, what the well, fuck? Kind she of said like- her other friend died. She didn't know where Lisa was. Well, I don't know. It was just the way she had said it, like, nonchalantly and got in the car. Yeah, and then bailed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I got to go take care of myself. So, although I thought, like, I-, I could care less if that part went on just because she didn't seem very convincing that she was this distraught person. But, um, but yeah, I really like Idris Elba ending it and then, you know, it being a conclusion to his, like, portrayal of this killer. And you can tell he's been trying to chase this guy throughout. Yeah, this would have been a great episode of like Law and Order, CSI. No, yeah. not too much like forensic in this. Yeah, yeah, this yeah is, true. It's it's like Luther America, where he comes to the states and he's tracking one killer. I got a lot of those vibes in this in in the 2008 uh, version of this film. It's so good. I just loved his portrayal of the detective, even though they made completely stupid decisions all along the way. I was so happy to see he got that like resolution though. Because in, in if you watch Luther, like a lot of times he doesn't get a satisfying resolution because sometimes it's like, oh, I won, but at what, what at what cost, you know? I think that had to happen in this movie. Like it just had to be done. Killer's dead. That's it. I was really worried though because I was like either they're going to kill the partner or they're going to kill him. And when the partner wasn't dying, I was like, oh, they're going to they're gonna kill him. Like that, this is going to suck. But thankfully they killed the partner off because it had to be one of them. At a certain point, the tension was building to show you a cop was going to go. I thought they were trying to give us some uh, the cops in on it vibes. His partner. It was. Oh, we said yeah? the same thing when watching it because his looks were like really suspect. Yeah, especially when he was, when he was outside the house. The house. Yeah. yeah. And he got that call and he was like, man, it's a uh... he was like, I'm going to I'll call and let him know. And the guy was just giving off some weird energy. I thought that cop was such a little pipsqueak walking around following Idris Elba. I was like, can you go? Like, why are you here? 
Pipsqueak is the perfect word to describe him. Right? I was like, get out of here. It just has this. I was not worried about him at all. He was just <laughs> up his ass the whole time. The 1980s ending, though, I mean, it it had that like moment of brutality. And I think by that point, like we had also realized that it's most likely the brother. And if it's not, it's going to be her mom or her dad. And so when she like thwacks him over the head, we were just like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, don't, I, I mean, at least I was thinking, like, don't hurt them too bad. Like, just disable them so that they can get back up. Because the, the whole movie paints it as it's most likely going to be the father, the mother, or the brother. Yeah, someone she knows. Yeah. And they've, they've already shown that it's not going to be the janitor. Like, we already know that he's got, like, an alibi during that time and he's trying to help. The peeping Tom. The peeping Tom. What was yeah. that? That poor man. Exactly. Every time they zoomed in on his face, I just laughed my ass off. It was just weird 80s decisions that were made. And then when Vicky just like shows him her ass, I was like, okay, Vicky. On the same note, as I was watching the 1980 prom night, I was thinking, man, where's them titties? And then they showed up. You got your payoff. <laughs> it, it was almost the exact same moment that I said it. Wait, I loved Kelly so much. Like before they really got into like Wendy's whole gig, I thought Kelly was my favorite girl. One, because she looked exactly like the child that she that portrayed her. So I knew exactly who she was in all of this. There was no confusion there. Um, and then I also felt like she was the most lived in. Like the very beginning scene where she's like at her kitchen table, just like chilling. I was like, this is just a woman being herself. She's just a high school girl, has a boyfriend that wants to have sex with her. She doesn't know if she's going to do it. I just really liked her as a character. And then, you know, her titties came out and she got her throat slit. So she had a moment of dialogue that I love so much. And that's like picking up on it after you watch the movie. And she says, if I don't do it with him, he'll find somebody else who will. And Kim says, so let him. And she says, I'd die if he did. Oh. And you already know she's going to die. But she does die right after he walks out on her. And is like, I'll get somebody else to suck this dick. That's a good call out, Chris. I was so happy that they didn't end up doing anything, though. Yeah, he was a douche. We should talk about the 2008 version, though, because uh, the fact that he was going to propose to her after they had sex on prom night. <laughs> like, I don't know about you guys. Actually, I have a question. Is anybody here like currently dating their high school boyfriend or girlfriend? Hell no. No. Hell no. I hated that person. Can we all agree that that's ridiculous? So so wait wait a second though. I'm still really good friends with my high school sweetheart. You don't count. You're friends with everyone. Well, that's true. But also friends is fine. That's true. But to like think that you're going to spend the rest of your life with the person you date in high school. Like if you listen to this right now and you're in high school, you don't know who you are at that age. You are going to become five different people before you figure it out. But to be fair, when you're in high school, you definitely, I'm not everyone, but most people are in the relationship they're in and intend to stay there and think they're going to be together for a long time. That's always been crazy to me. You got to play to win. I'm like, your life begins when you get out of high school. Right. We know that now. So people that young lack that perspective, though, Paris. For sure. Like, it's so that's real. Like, people definitely gave each other rings in my high school. I don't know about on prom night, but. And also, Ronnie seemed like a sweet guy. So, yeah, you know, let him do him. But also, like, wouldn't you propose before you had sex? That would just make the sex better. No, that's not how high schoolers do things. Come on, man. They lock <laughs> yeah. it down. Also, don't pick prom night. Like, that's like doing it on Christmas. Like, pick a yeah. different day. That's an overlap in occasions. Yeah, I'm cool with it. You want you want distinct, you know, separate occasions. No. <laughs> what are you doing? An anniversary of your prom? <laughs> Good point, Alexis. Good point. <laughs> You'll act like prom is every year. I mean, if you marry your high school sweetheart, maybe you are. It's funny because it gives us this whole new like idea of the word promposal. Oh. Oh. Can we do a dedication though for this post for all the people who couldn't go to prom this year? 
or graduate. Yeah, look what you missed out on. Not dying at the hands of serial killers. <laughs> good job, guys. So true. I didn't go to prom. I went to prom. How was it, Mac? It was good. My parents drove us. They picked us up. Well, neither of us owned cars. You didn't do the limo thing? No, we didn't do a limo thing. Limos are completely unreasonable and such yeah. a waste of money. Okay, but if there's like 10 of you and you can all rent the limo and it wasn't that expensive when we did it. They're not comfy. It's not enjoyable. It wasn't worth it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just what we did because it was prom. We didn't like, we like had zero interest in a limo. We were like, we're going over here for dinner. You know, and then we went, who got hibachi? And then we're going to then like carpool over, you know, hibachi? to whatever location. Yeah, it was really good hibachi though. Dave, your hair smells after hibachi and your clothes. So true. <laughs> but high school kids love hibachi. That's true. Were either of your proms in any way similar to ones in these movies? My prom was pretty lame. Absolutely not. Not at all. None of, nobody? Which is a downfall for Nothing. movies. Nobody dances at proms. Am I right? Wait, I can't speak. I didn't go to prom. I'm asking. Do people dance at proms? Yes. Yeah. Yo, we got down. Like this on the dance floor or like twerking in the corner? We had way better music. There was a lot of twerking. There was a lot of getting very low to the ground. There was, you know, it was, for me, it was 2004. And so there's a lot of 2004 rap and hip hop music going on. A lot of Usher. Yeah, that's what I see. Not this. Yeah, yeah, I'm on board with that. And no one has something of this extravagant or any prom that's in any like show, movie, anything like that. Ours was at like a uh, like a hotel in like a reception area, and then there was a separate room for dancing. But the neighboring school had theirs on a boat, and I was like, "Damn, I want to go to that prom." I barely remember it, and I barely remember it because I went with this guy, super guy, nice guy, right, very great gentleman, doing great things with his life now. However, I was not there in spirit. Uh, I was there in spirit with a girl that I had met at a uh, military ball, which is like the ROTC prom. But there was that whole subtext of like. Is she into me? Is she not? Because it definitely seems like she's flirting with me. And she also happened to go to the prom with her cousin. So I was like distracted by that whole element the whole night. I had an interesting, I don't know if, you know, who asked you guys or who you ended up going with or whatever. But when when I moved from overseas back to the States, I dated a girl for a few weeks and then we just remained friends after that. And right around, I would say like the middle of my senior year, um, somewhere around there, I, I took a freshman to military ball, Chris. F- I don't know. Just don't judge me. Military ball is not as important as prom, Alexis. It's okay. Whatever. I was I was only 17. You were a player. <laughs> I, and we well, know it. Seniors that hang out with freshmen, we know what kind of people you I are. I hang out with yeah. a lot of people, but they're trouble. You're nasty. I'm no, nothing happened. But I people were asking me, like, who are you gonna take to prom? And I was like, I don't know, I'll probably just take the girl I took to to military ball. And so this girl that I've been friends with for the for that whole like year and a half I was at that school, they were like Oh my god! I can't believe you. And I was like, "Why? Why can't you believe me?" And they're like, "Because you you need to take so and so. You guys dated. You guys have been really good friends. So like, we I took her to prom. We then started dating again until I went away to college, which is something that the characters in this movie mentioned. But it's not the way that they they thought. Like the girl was going to go to college, and then they're going to you know whatever. Like she was going to be bad, or she was going to lose interest. And it realized this is still a thing. This or, is still or a thing. Was a thing. My college was 20 minutes away and she lived down the street from me. Mac, I think she was just like letting you down easy. Oh, she was just, that was just a breakup. Yeah, she wanted <laughs> well, to break up with you. She did. Conversations later though, it, it definitely wasn't, it was, definitely was not like that. She was legitimately in, in fear of that. But we remain good friends to this day. She's married. She's an entrepreneur. She's a business owner. Really good friends. Classic nice. Mac. I do have a question. 
this movie, both movies actually paint prom as like this gigantic milestone and is like the night you're going to remember for the rest of your life. I barely remember mine. Do you guys like, was it that significant for you? I think it was the buildup for me. It was like, oh my gosh, like getting your hair, getting your makeup done. Um, I went to a friend's, but like mine broke out in hives, like just, I don't like the attention on me, broke out in hives so much because like everyone was, my whole family was over the house. But I never thought that I was like, I never had these feelings that these characters had ever. Where am I going with my life? Like, this is the end. Like, are we ever going to be friends? You know, I I, I never thought about that at all. I was like, I'm going to college. See y'all. Fuck no. I didn't have friends in high school. So fuck it. (laughs) Exactly. I have no attachments to any of you. I feel like prom is different when you're gay. Yeah. Just because like there's always this connotation of like prom is when you lose your virginity. But in 2008, I was the only openly gay uh, student at my school. So I wasn't I went with one of my girlfriends, Megan Brown. Shout out. Uh, I went with her because she was smart, funny and driven. Just what he loves in a man. <laughs> That's true. But I it wasn't this like big moment in life. I did enjoy the pageantry of it. And I do admit that like there was a lot of like sadness. Like I remember they played a couple slow songs at towards the end of prom and we were all kind of like together and we were like getting a little misty eyed because it was definitely the end of something. Um, but it wasn't this whole thing that prom is like uh, like a stereotype or like cliched of being promenade. The whole losing your virginity. I just don't get it. Yeah. I didn't go to prom. I did very few things in my life that were like stuff you're supposed to do. So this is on par. And I also had just moved to Florida and knew zero people. But I did feel a void of not going to prom, at least when it was happening. I don't know if I felt much after that, but high school was miserable altogether. So well, there you go. I think we can relate on that. So the prom is approached in two pretty different ways. One of them is like generally extremely excessive. And the other had one of my favorite visual elements of either movie. And that was the dance floor that looks just like Paris's nano leaf canvas. Definitely. Remember when the head was on it too? That oh. was sick. <laughs> dancing on lights. It was the most baller dance floor ever. I thought you were just going to say the best visual element was that dance sequence because it was amazing. That was no. the best part of both of these movies. The sequence itself was great. But the dance floor, I really enjoyed in particular. But a couple other things that like really stood out to me was the uh, the close-ups of the pencil tapping and dropping when the killer was making their phone calls. There's something about the way that was shot, and you could see just how much pressure they were applying on that list, and like how much rage was like felt in that moment. I really enjoyed that. And as far as the 2008 version, there was very little that stood out to me visually. There's two parts. Uh, that's where Fenton is in the closet of the hotel room. It's pitch black and he lifts his head up to reveal himself to Michael. Mm-hmm. And then Michael fucking gets it. He was my favorite kill. Yep. Hated that kid. He was a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't care how remorseful he was about anything. Yeah, that was a toxic relationship. Yeah. And I also appreciated in the opening scene when she doesn't see it, but we as the audience see the father dead on the couch and the TV is on. Because that there's so much weight in that moment of just showing you how their life was just interrupted unexpectedly. But what about you guys? What did you enjoy visually? For me, the dance sequence in the 1980 version is something to really write home about. I wasn't expecting it. I didn't necessarily even want it. But as it started, I was like, 
okay, we're doing this. Uh, I get it. Uh, and then it just got really good. And like the choreography was good. Jamie Lee Curtis looked amazing. For the first like maybe 30 seconds or so, I thought she was dancing with her brother. And I was like, oh, her and her gay brother are like doing choreography that they learned. Um, and then I realized it was her boyfriend. It was, she was definitely weird dancing with her dad too. Okay, let's not <laughs> oh, forget about that. Oh, dancing with the dad was very strange. I was like, girl, you're at prom. Come on. Uh, and then 2008 really didn't have a lot for me. So I had the same thing you did, Chris, with the uh, the baseball cap reveal in the shadows where the killer's like, hey, I'm in the closet it die now <laughs> so for what it's worth i'm i can't exactly remember if it's the one where he reveals his face in the closet or the one where he tries to reach out at the back of her head but one of those moments was in the advertising for 2008 prom night and it's definitely like the thing that stands out i don't know what else that was the be. hand that was the hand reaching out because it was yeah because when you like click to watch the movie that's like the the little clip that they mm. have there a screenshot or whatever yeah i feel like the 2008 movie is like so predictable that you would feel like you've seen it even if you haven't seen it and that's why i don't know if i saw it or not but anyway i'm gonna go real shallow here for my favorite scene from the 1980 film and it's because i didn't care for the film very much but uh it's when jamie lee curtis has her shirt unbuttoned in her little bralette and she walks out it was a great scene. That's all I got. Look at you. <laughs> Shameless. I mean, there's certain things you're looking for in an 80s slasher. It is what it is. It was is. a good look for her. She. I was thinking, man, I should really have a salad for dinner. You know how we always talk about like how big a room feels, how small it feels? Let me tell you, that hotel room in 2008, that's what I really liked. It was just, I had like no sense of anything in that room. I was like, is he there? Is he here? Is he there? Also, I felt like it wasn't that big, so I think they did exaggerate it a little bit, yes. like other people have done in my that past. Was not but. high school budget. <laughs> that was not high. I mean, they were all staying in there. I guess they said the they said just Ronnie had gotten it, and that was like yeah, even if his parents are. paid for it. Suites in hotels cost a lot of money. Yeah, they clearly lived in a rich community, though. Yeah, that is true. But yeah, I do like that. Just seeing like there, there's. The, Every character goes in, or most of the characters are in that room. So it's crazy that they just play in this little room, this cat and mouse, and you never know when he's going to come out and when he's not. So it's just like very, like, it kept me on edge. I'm going to go shallow <laughs> for uh, 1980. I definitely love this head on this glowing dance floor. It looked great. It really did. Um, Girl. That's not shallow. That's just straight up good taste. That's good taste. And I think <laughs> I li literally loved it because when you're looking in uh, um, on IMBD and you're looking for Lou's character, that's the freaking photo that shows up. So I was confused because I was like looking on my phone. So I saw this like little thumbnail. I'm like, is that a head on a dance floor or like on some like... Why, yes, it is. And I literally still did not let that ruin the ending for me. I was just like, keep watching. And I loved that. And I think because I was missing all the gore and I got me little peek at it i was really upset that they took his car to prom yeah wendy deserved better like her car was beautiful but they 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 took his car she's trying to pull like a carry thing i feel like i don't know it was it was truly upsetting for me when you know he's like outside like honking and then she hops in that hunk of junk with the friends in the back what else would you expect from him her car is beautiful she should have driven yeah but women don't drive to prom in 1980 wendy was a bad bitch though yeah she was strong and mm. powerful and she had a really nice car and told her mom whatever she thought i mean she was also kind of a jerk so i mean let's not forget that that's yeah, true I, you guys are 
showing a lot of praise here for Wendy. Which no, she was a pretty horrible my person. Least favorite character. <laughs> pretty horrible person. Okay, Wendy was the best. She was the reason this all happened. Um, well, okay, maybe as a child, yeah. Okay, as a child, this was Wendy's fault. What was that game that and they were playing? She was also toxic and manipulative, and threatening to Jamie Lee Curtis. Listen, I'm just saying. Runner up for my second favorite visual element of that movie was when Wendy is revealed in her prom look and just like smokes a cigarette in her living room. I was like, yes, Wendy, you look the best at prom. I actually got so bored that I started ranking the prom outfits and Wendy was at the top of the list. Speaking of Wendy as a child, though, um, my favorite my favorite scene and favorite visuals, honestly, was the opening scene for the 1980. Because it's got such a such an interesting feel. It is. I mean, it's obviously shown to be dreamlike, but it does feel like a nightmare that you're watching because you know that something bad is going to happen and they like keep pushing it towards like she's going to fall out of this window, you know, when you, when you get close to that and you like don't want it to happen because nobody wants to see a kid fall out of a window. Bro, the amount of times they screamed, the killer's coming. I was annoyed. I was so annoyed. I was like, this is what I hate about this movie. Really? <laughs> it was annoying, but they were spicing up a classic game of hide and seek. But wait, can somebody explain to me the rules of that game? Because like they caught her and then just screamed kill at her for like 15 minutes and pushed her around. They're just being assholes to annoy us. Okay. Yeah. So basically, you know, they start out with one and then that person, when they tag somebody else in, both of them have to hunt everyone else. Yeah. And so the idea being to eventually, you know, everybody becomes it at the end. So the game just like was over and they were just milking it and scared her out a window. Okay. Right. You know, people often trash this movie because like, oh, this girl's 10 years old. You know, her bones have kind of set at this point. Like kids get injured. She falls out of that window. She could probably survive that. But then people forget that the fucking window, another window falls on her and like cuts her up real bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the kids definitely called it early. They were like, okay, we killed this girl. We're 10 years old. We need to make a death pact. No one can speak about this. But she might not even have been dead at that point. Yeah, they, they could have helped her feasibly. That's the tragedy of Robin. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if that had happened, I would probably have been Team Wendy. I'd have been like, we can't tell anybody about this. We're 10. We don't know how laws work. They're going to put us in jail. I thought they knew a lot for being 10. I was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> I really like, I, I think that was the turning point for me where I was like, I wasn't sure how this movie was going to go. I thought there was maybe going to be like a man that came in or something like that. I mean, I do appreciate like what they did in that first scene. I really did, did like it, but I just was confused. I'm like, is there going to be a guy that comes in and like kills these kids or like what? You know, there's always a guy. There's mm-hmm. always a guy in a movie doing weird things. <laughs> Not when it's, I know what you did six summers ago, though. <laughs> yep. Big facts. Big facts. And I let you guys in on my favorite part of this movie, which is actually my big conspiracy theory. Ooh, yeah. Yes, please. Okay. So you got to bear with me for just a bit here. This movie, for me, is the alternate universe timeline of Laurie Strode. I know, Alexa's looking at me like I'm crazy. So if we think back to the 1978 Halloween, there's a this idea of fate being a natural element. Like there's a classroom scene and they're kind of talking about it. And this whole idea that runs through Halloween is that Michael Myers and Laurie are fated to always collide, right? So fate never changes and we can look at the major events here. This movie is like, what if Laurie was different? What if Michael Myers hadn't killed his sister what if Lori wasn't adopted? What if Lori grew up in her family? Now, there are a couple of details you'd have to ignore, right? So it's like, obviously, she's no longer the youngest. Now she's the oldest. 
but she still has a brother and the death of her sister still sparks this entire story. So when you look at it, it's like she was always fated, no matter what, to have a homicidal brother. Maybe that brother is more sympathetic. Maybe his murderous rampage comes from a place of love and tragic loss versus just being an unrelenting killing machine. But no matter what, Lori or Kim in this movie is always fated to meet that. Damn, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It also goes a little bit further than that, right? So like instead of Lori being set up with Ben Tramer in Halloween, we have her trying to set him up. And in this movie, he's kind of like the shy, reserved person, similar to what Lori was. He's the brainiac. And then when you go past that, you also have the cop and the doctor in this movie, where the cop is trying to convince the doctor to take it seriously, and the doctor's like, no, no. That's a complete flip from Sheriff Brackett and Dr. Loomis. However, I will admit, all right, I'm not, there's not the element of bias here. This only works because Jamie Lee Curtis plays both characters. If she hadn't, this would have been just a watered-down ripoff. That's it. But that's why I like this movie so much. I like that take. It's like fan fiction, but for horror movies. I know. I love it. (laughs) It's so on brand. Speaking of fan fiction, one of my favorite scenes, uh, because there were so few in the 2008 version, was when we had the killer and Idris Elba together in that interrogation room, uh, because they were both super cute together. And I was just like, let me see this spinoff of you two just playing cat and mouse. This was them just playing cat and mouse. We just accidentally there went into a prom room. Just, we <laughs> forgot Ashley Judd and Morgan Freeman. I did say that uh, the 1980 version isn't without its flaws. And that is really rooted in Lou. I fucking hated Lou. Hated Lou's unibrow. Wasn't a fan of that. Seymour Crane, who was also slick. I just, you know what? He was shooting his shot and I respect it, but he was also a massive creep. <laughs> also 10 years old. He was a child he was, was like so the weird. jonah hill of this movie it was but <laughs> oh yeah in only totally only terrible ways so that in itself has its issues but i feel like it was magnified in the 2008 version where they just made some dudes in the movie trash to be trash for no reason like all those guys in the elevator that moment offered nothing oh that could have been a silent moment where he sees her and he's back in the corner. We did not need grown men hitting on children. Like, that was unnecessary. But how about you guys? Was there anything in particular that stood out as egregious or offensive in this? I mean, that scene specifically, I felt like, can at least act as like a time capsule of just the world in 2008 when that kind of thing, I guess, was appropriate. I don't know. Still happens. <laughs> yeah, but... exactly. Um, but not without at least public shaming. Not unless it's on Twitter. <laughs> for me the worst part of the 2008 film was really just the whole script uh and the dialogue but there were so many things that happened where i was just like specifically with the dialogue where i cringed or i laughed like at one point Brittany snow and her boyfriend are talking about like oh gosh are we going to be able to survive a long distance relationship and he says to her he's like well we've already survived some tough times already haven't we like, just kind of, like, vaguely bringing up her mom and dad's death at the prom. Just like, well, we, we made it through your parents dying. I was just like, dude, no. And then just the toxic relationship with that other girl who looked like JoJo and her boyfriend. I was just, you know, and when you're that age in high school, you do not know a damn thing. And they just really felt like they knew it all. But I guess at the time, you you, you might. You That's totally that how people in high school act. You definitely <laughs> act like you know everything. And, like, you know what's gonna happen and like it it's just a thing did we need that lesbian gym teacher 
Are you assuming she's a lesbian because she was a gym teacher? No, they they make fun of her. Like, there's a joke about it. Yeah. It's unnecessary. And again, a snapshot of what being gay in 2008 is, and this one probably isn't even, but she's complimenting Lisa and, like, basically Lisa and Chrissy had that whole conflict and she turns to Lisa and says, you really do look beautiful tonight. Like, being a nice, like, authoritative figure who, like, probably has a relationship with these kids. And then they just fucking make fun of her saying, she's obsessed with you. Just gonna let the cat out of the bag here. That's also what teenagers do. Kids have things that they say about teachers behind their back a lot whatever their interaction is and it's usually inappropriate and wrong when is it appropriate to make a joke about a teacher being obsessed with you when like the whole movie is about a teacher who is obsessed with someone who tried who oh. killed their whole family yeah they I didn't did also think about that <laughs> literally never like address how much you would know a teacher that got like obsessed with you like the fact that it took people that long to recognize who he was really didn't make Flaw sense of the movie yeah there was mm-hmm. no there was like development in certain aspects of the movie but not enough i think i think the 1980 version does it a little bit better but yeah yeah, there's no i wish there was a little bit more of a story they would just say stuff but it wasn't ever shown like they would just say he was a teacher but then like in in practice it didn't appear that there was any true like no them knowing each other any relationship yeah because they would have been like oh that's mr so-and-so yeah it would have been a thing like a lot of kids would have recognized him we're at prom it's a whole thing there's definitely some flaws they're really relying on the fact that he no longer looked like charles manson to just suddenly (laughs) mask him as a person to be fair i wouldn't have said yes that man checked into this hotel either truly though putting on a baseball cap when you're balding is a technique that lots of gays like to employ and it's like just leave on the hat because the moment he took that hat off, I was like, you're not hot anymore, sir. I'm done with this movie. I think that's just men. That is. But if you're like a bald guy that wears a hat every day, just always wear the hat. Don't shatter the illusion for me. Can I uh, tell you a funny story? Yes. I once dated a man and I did not see the top of his head after until after a year and a half because he never didn't have something on his head. I'm at peace with that. <laughs> Sleeping? Do rag. All the time. And trust me, he should have kept the hat on. <laughs> Ultimately, the reason that I've categorized the 2008 prom night as a steaming pile of horseshit is just how formulaic and predictable it was. It was like, oh, somebody goes up to the hotel room, then they get killed. Hey, Lisa went up to the hotel room. We should check on her. Gets killed. Hey, where's my girlfriend? She's in the hotel room. Gets killed. I was just like, we just kept going over this. And I was just, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't scary. It was just really boring and monotonous. The other thing about the 2008 that was just so bad to me was the reveal of her, uh, of Britney So's prom dress. Like they totally go for like the classic, like coming down the staircase to see your date and your parents scene. And it was so flat and it was just like, I'm thinking of like, she's all that. That horrible. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the iconic scenes where they've like, the girl comes down the staircase and she's gorgeous and she has a beautiful dress, but like, it was just so flat her dress was underwhelming. The date was just like the most milk toast man I've ever seen in my life. And his response was like, oh, you're gorgeous. Let's go to prom now. Bye, parents. I was just so disappointed <laughs> by that. It's so funny because I think a lot of the things that you hate about it are what makes this more believable than other teen movies that I see all the time. That being said, her like family's killing happened pretty close to this. So I feel like she probably would have like broken out in tears on her way down. Definitely. There's a lot of things that would have happened. <laughs> but like the dialogue of just awkward, weird conversation, like not actually. So like this is my thought about it. When you're walking down the steps in your prom dress, 
I don't think you really have the feeling that these like elegant movies give you. Like, I just don't think it happens. And your boyfriend in high school does not know how to compliment you and make you feel special. No, you're you're <laughs> like basically programmed to say, oh my gosh, you look beautiful. And then to struggle with the boutonniere. Yeah. Exactly. And then make the little corny joke about like pick, like pricking him and stuff like, like I know it's lame, but life is lame when you're going to prom. <laughs> Which is why Brittany Snow is excellent in those parts, not when she's trying to be terrified. Yes. Her her scare face is not very good. Honestly, my boyfriend thought she was really good at acting when she was scared. And I was like, babe, she's just like pink and crying. But he was like, she and Idris Elba were great actors in this movie. When she's under the bed in the hotel and then turns to see her friend dead next to her, it was truly not good camera work. Not good acting. <laughs> Everything was bad because it was like the camera moved before she did. Like it was just all a weird. There's definitely there's definitely moments where you're like, have you ever seen a dead body? No, it's clear. How are you going to crawl under a bed with a dead body and not realize there's a dead body next to you? Like no way. And then with the mom dying, what pissed me off so much is the teacher's like killing the mom. And he's like, where's that daughter of yours? And she's literally just like looking at Britney Snow, like directly at her. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know where she is, but I'm looking directly under this bed for some reason. I was like, bitch, mom, stop looking at me. Look away. You're going to get us both killed. And that's that on that. Ferris has very strong feelings. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay to feel how you feel. <laughs> and those feelings equate to a slash for the 1980 and a hack for the 2008 we, again, as a reminder, have scored evenly so far. So what we need to do now is actually compare these movies head to head. Quick lightning round. Better visuals. Rather, these movies. 1980 or 2008? 80. I guess 80. 80. 1980. Nice clean sweep. How about the better story? 80. Ooh, 1980. 80. Can I hate them both? <laughs> you know, which one's less Haiti? 2008. Okay. All right. And last but not least, better performances. I think I know where this is going. 80? There was a better <laughs> yes. one. Yes, 1980. I'm going to say 2008 because of Idris Elba. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, yeah, never mind. No, 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 no. 2008. He, he's an outlier, though, like me. So I also liked Lisa. I also liked Ronnie. I also liked the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> he was pretty cool. They, they didn't have a principal that you were waiting to make jokes the entire time, who never made any. Correct, because I've never seen that, and therefore didn't feel that way. So we have two for 2008, and it sounds like three for 1980? Yeah, that sounds right. Perfect. All right, then 1980 makes a clean sweep. It is still the superior prom night, despite both of these movies ranking evenly. Now, Mac, do you have any fact or fiction for us? Let's see if I can throw a couple at you. So prom night, 1980, was originally going to be given a score of PG. Mm, fact. It seemed light on gore. In 1980, would PG be like a cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah, I don't even know if they had those in 80, but I'm just going to say fiction. Fiction. Fact. It is indeed a fact. They may not know this, but the PG-13 rating has not been around as long as all the other ratings. So I think if it had been made later, it probably would have maybe scored a PG-13. Um, or, you know. But anyway, they had to add violence to make this an R-rated film. Because it was really light on it. I think it still is really light on it. Uh, but they didn't think a PG film was going to get the audience that they wanted. And I think we agree that it's probably, in my mind, it's PG-13 looking back at it. Aside from the random joint. That's true. That's <laughs> just having a good time right there. Next up, Prom Night 2008 has an underrated version available that jumps from PG-13 to NC-17. God, I should have went with that one because I did see that and I was like, um, 
let me just pick the <laughs> that would have been great that would have been a great review honestly i did get the un the unrated version because i, I had both um it was one minute longer i it didn't say that the rating changed it just said unrated so i don't know if this is fact or fiction uh fact i think alexis told us it was a fact fact I know this this is probably a dumb move for me. I'm gonna go fiction on the grounds that it's unrated and therefore would not be an NC seventeen. Yeah, oh that's my true. god, you're right. <laughs> so I'm um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play semantics and go over that point, but there is the unrated version. The content of that extra minute you get would still be rated PG thirteen though. Oh my god, what the hell? What's the point? Exactly. I hate you the most. Because in two thousand eight they made an unrated version of everything. Yeah. That was just like what they did. Because it sells a horror movie. Did it say what was different? Um, so they, I think they, they focused more on some of the kills. They showed them to, to kind of be more, I don't know, like more serious and more insidious. But in reality, uh, I don't think anything was really that kind of gory, even in the unrated version. I'm actually thinking it was probably the housekeeper kill because that was actually really graphic and rough. And I was like, that woman didn't deserve this. Prom Night 2008. So, although both of them were cast as high school seniors, Brittany Snow, Donna, is actually several years older than Scott Porter, Bobby. Fact. Fiction. Fact. She's 100 years old. <laughs> I'm going to go that he's older than her. I'll go fiction also. It is indeed fiction. So, Scott Porter was 29 when this movie was released, and Brittany Snow was only 22 because she's my age. I happen to be looking at a photo of the cast. Yep before you ask that and he definitely looks older so anytime that you think i'm really old in comparison to everyone else here just remember i'm the same age as britney snow a hundred years old that doesn't change how i feel so you're saying <laughs> there's a chance switch gears 1980 again so prom night 1980 scored better reviews than friday the 13th released the same year fact probably fact um fiction fiction it's actually fact they got better reviews but which one has everyone heard of friday the 13th indeed which is pretty wild to me it's because of the distribution deal it got friday the 13th opened to a wider audience than prom night hmm. so that disco scene that we all know and we all love all of us ryan love that disco scene just to let you know that unanimously it was recorded using hit songs that were too expensive to license so the composer paul zaza or zaza had to record similar yet not too similar songs in five days. Fact. I'm absolutely saying fact because I got so many vibes from other great disco songs. Fact. Fact. It's a fact. That is kind of funny to me though to imagine like you you initially record this using some like actual hit songs and then you're like, well they can't be too different because they're already dancing to them. So you have less than a week to make this happen for us. And they did it. His instruction was make it so close that they want to sue me, but I'll win. He still got sued. <laughs> and the songs still slap. That's amazing. I think they did a great job with it, though. I actually was like listening to it. I was like, these are really good songs that I feel like I've heard them before, but I haven't. So, yeah, mission accomplished. I have listened to several of them on repeat since I watched the movie yesterday. Much better than Graduation Day in 1981. Let's talk about prom in general. As of 2015, the average prom attendee spends nearly $1,000 on everything for prom. Tickets, clothing, accessories, transportation, all that kind of stuff. At least. Fiction, too low. Mm. Is this price or right? It's it's not. I think a dress is like 700 Yeah, tickets are wow. expensive. Yeah. My tux was like 100 bucks. Honestly, prom culture is ridiculous. It's like wedding culture. You know, they try to gouge you at every corner. So I'm going to yeah, say fact. Fiction, because I think it's higher. I'm just going to say fiction because I'm out of touch with all that shit and think $1,000 is ridiculous for any child to spend. Yeah, it's a fact. So Visa did a survey 
on this and found out that the average was about $919. Wow. Kill. So that was five years ago. Obviously, this year it's about zero, but... It's overpriced. Everything's overpriced. Yeah. I mean, because think about all the stuff that I don't care about. Like, I I don't want to get a limo. You know, I don't need accessories. I had a I had a tux and I had the little flower thing and I was done. The flower thing's like 80 bucks. But that's all I have for Factor Fiction. All right. Well, thank you for educating us on prom. I uh, did not realize that that shit was so expensive. Oh, yeah. Clearly, I had a cheap-ass dress. <laughs> Mine was free. All right, folks. Well, we have been on quite the journey for prom night. These movies scored evenly in terms of being a hacker or a slash. Majority rules that the 1980 version made a clean sweep in terms of visuals, story, and performances. And conveniently enough, you can find that 1980 version streaming on Shudder. Uh, Paris mentioned that he found this movie on Tubi as well. So if you want to pay nothing, that is an option for you. We want to know what you think about both of these movies. And there are plenty of ways that you can reach out to us. First at our website, hackerslash.com. And on our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also hit us up at the Hacker Slash hotline. You can text us, call us, leave us a voicemail or an audio message. Our number is 757-606-0128. And if you would like to collectively take all of us to prom, you can email us. Feedback at hackerslash.com. If you've enjoyed listening to our podcast, consider becoming one of our patrons like Tristan and Gabriel. Check out patreon.com slash hacker slash where you can earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. Our patrons will also see the photos of those of us who did go to prom, but we'll see you next week. Bye. Prom night, everything is alright. Mm-hmm.